0: So I am sitting down here with my lovely wife, Pamphola, because when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there are a few people that I would rather sit and talk with than her. So uh, let's start off. I've got three questions here for you. And so the first one is, what does walking with the Holy Spirit look like for you?
1: Walking with the Holy Spirit is being friends. So it would almost be like a person that you talk to, that you hear from you have a relationship with I think some people have the idea that it's 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 a voice that you hear whenever you or you're desperate and you need something but walking with the Holy Spirit literally means you do life with the Holy Spirit Um, the best analogy I have is actually not my own it's it's from the Apostle Paul and he says we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit in fact he says continually filled with the Holy Spirit so it walking with the Spirit is to be guided by the Holy Spirit, to have a, a friendship with Him so that in every moment there is a conversation with Him, that mm-hmm. He is able to direct me. Um, what it looks like is that literally um, I feel controlled by the Holy Spirit, um, which is what being filled up with the Holy Spirit means Uh, for very practically it could be things like um, I will forget things and Jesus said part of what the Holy Spirit will do is the Holy Spirit will remind us of everything that Jesus has taught us Mm -hmm. so walking with the spirit means letting him remind me of truth um, remind me of the scripture and so I I don't know what it would be like <clears throat> to be drunk, but again, Paul uses that same analogy that he tells us not to be drunk with wine because when you're drunk, some, something else takes over you, right, and changes your behaviors and almost like you lose control. Um, well, when you are filled up with the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> Paul says instead of being drunk, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit then will, in a sense, take over and direct your thoughts, your actions, um, from moment to moment.
0: Okay. So, what about the opposite? What is it like when you're not walking with the Spirit?
1: It would be to be filled up with me. It's (laughs) that I do whatever I want on on my own whim. Um, I try to interpret what God wants me to do on my own so that my my cultural upbringing, my gender, my socialization, um, all the ways that I want of who I am um, gets the say. Like it's not God who's guiding me through the Holy wow. Spirit, but I get to decide what I want to do. And um, there's a sense in which once you – walk with the holy spirit without the holy spirit it there's a sense of not knowing what to do like there's a lostness and it's it's again it might be like people who if you're drunk on wine and and you you're able to do things under the influence um that when you don't when you're not under the influence you can't do or you won't do that's, it's kind of that sense that I, I'm not in tune with God. I'm <clears throat> guessing as to what God really wants me to do. And there's a sense in which I, I have fear. I'm not at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, it, it, I can tell when it's me because it's whatever I want to do.
0: It kind of comes down to that. It's whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, because in, in, the, the role of the Holy Spirit is to comfort us, to guide us, to uh, remind us of truth. So when when I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to do that, and I'm not walking with the Holy Spirit, I get to make those calls. And I'm the person who guides my mm-hmm. actions. Uh, I'm the person who has to work really hard to get things done instead of <laughs> allowing the Holy Spirit to empower me. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Now I know you're someone who that a lot of people reach out to for wise counsel and you get asked a lot of questions. So what's the most common question you get about the Holy Spirit?
1: Most people ask me, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? Like, how do you know um, that it's, it's the Holy Spirit's voice you're hearing and I would say to them that if you don't know your scripture, so if you don't know the word of God, when the Holy Spirit tells you the word of God and reminds you the word of God, you won't even know. Mm. Um, But most of all, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. The Holy Spirit will not contradict what God has spoken in his word. Um, And the Holy Spirit will never shame us. Or mm-hmm. condemn us, um, He will convict us, but in mm-hmm. such a gentle way that you you recognize the the love and the grace more than you recognize the the wrong that you've done. The mm-hmm. condemnation is not there. Okay. Um so most people want to know how can I tell it's the Holy Spirit? And I would say, you have to know God and know God's character because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, Represents God completely and will never go against God's character or His word. All right.
0: Well, thanks, Han. You're welcome.
1: Do <laughs> you know what
2: I believe? I believe that this church and you who are now in this building, I believe that we could have and enjoy. A sense of the divine presence so sweet, so beautiful, so tender, that it would change our whole personality, that it would change our attitude toward each other, that it would clear up a lot of things some of you are troubled with inside of you, that it would be like the coming of spring to a landscape, sweet and fresh and warm with birdsong and sunshine there would just be a coming down of the dove he could find no place for the soul of his feet and I wonder if that isn't the trouble now with Moses you want to be filled and blessed but you're not willing to pay the price the man who loved the world enough to die for it died for it He's here. We'll always be here. Lo, I'm with you always. The Spirit seeks, I say, among us a resting place for his feet. The Holy Ghost seeks a resting place for his feet. And uh, these comings down, we have called them revivals, put away all of the things or any other thing, and say, come, come, Lord Jesus.
0: So I love contrasts. They can really capture an idea. Sometimes they're funny, like me at virtually any OG Mong event. I'm like a giant. Other times they're heartwarming, like the before and after pictures of rescue and adopted dogs, and other times they're disturbing, like the contrast we see between BLM protests and the Capitol riots. See, few things paint a picture as well as a contrast. See, that's why I like today's passage. It contrasts a life lived by your own strength and willpower versus a life lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, here's what this passage offers. It offers a way out of sin, that sin, that hurtful, hurtful behavior that you just can't seem to beat. It's that thing that you do that you wish you didn't, or at least that you wish you did less of. And maybe it's been with you for years. Maybe it just crept back in this past year during quarantine. Whatever it is for you, this passage speaks to the hope that we have in that un, that seeming, seemingly unbreakable, unbeatable sin. So that's what this passage has to offer. So we're gonna look at a few verses out from the Apostle Paul, out of the book of Romans. It's Romans chapter eight, particularly. And this book is full of very heavy theology And so I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation because I felt it was a little easier to understand, easier to follow. And so we're going to start with verse 1. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Can we just sit with that for a moment? Because you need to hear this today. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for you if you belong to Christ Jesus. So why don't we have to worry about condemnation? Well, here's why. Verse 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You see, when you belong to Jesus... You are freed from the power of sin that leads to death. See, do not be mistaken. Sin always leads to death. Physical death, spiritual death, relational death, societal death. But the Holy Spirit gives life and gives freedom. See, then next Paul elaborates on some Old Testament context for this idea. Here it is. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us and by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. See, this verse talks about three problems with living by our own wants and desires. The Bible also calls that the flesh. See, first, our flesh will always want rules and laws so that we can earn our place and our worth with God and others. Second, we will always fall short of those rules. And third, as a result, our spirit feels perpetually defeated. So we go back to number one with more rules. You see, it's an ever-repeating, self-defeating cycle. And that's what happened in the Old Testament. And it's still happening to us today. So God gave us a way out. He gave us a way to break the cycle. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Why would God do this? Well, Paul answers it next. Verse 4 He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, for who, for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Here's the contrast again. You can follow your sin nature, your flesh, or follow the Holy Spirit. Mark my words. Something will control your mind. And it'll either be your sin nature, your selfishness, your pride, your insecurity, your anger, your fear, your self righteousness, or it will be the Holy Spirit, which gives gives you, or who gives you, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self control. See, the Bible says that one of these leads to death. And the other leads to life and peace. So what's your choice? So at the beginning of this, I I said that this this passage here uh, offered a way out of that sin or that hurtful behavior that you just can't seem to beat. Well, and here it is. Belonging to Christ sets you free, but walking in the Spirit... Keeps you free. Let me say that again. Belonging to Christ sets you free from sin, but walking in Christ, excuse me, walking in the Spirit keeps you free from sin. You see, when you believe in Jesus, when you accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior, you are set free from the power of sin and death. You are forgiven, you are redeemed. And you are no longer condemned for your sin. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who belong to Christ Jesus. But we have a problem. We keep going back to our sin. We keep going back to our sin because we keep allowing our mind to be controlled, to be influenced by our flesh, by our sin nature. We go back to the chains that Jesus freed us from think about that for a second we go back to the chains jesus freed us from so how do we prevent this walk daily with the holy spirit of god see belonging to christ sets you free but walking in the spirit keeps you free now you might be thinking all this sounds great but how do i walk in the spirit so i want to give you four principles i want to give you four principles to guide you on how to walk in the spirit first first walking in the spirit is relationship based it isn't just a religion or a set of rules or do's and don'ts it's a relationship with a living savior and the spirit he gave you it's personal It's intimate. It's a relationship. Second, walking in the Spirit is Spirit-empowered. See, this is not about you trying harder or being better. You can't, by your own power, carry out your good intentions. That's what the law taught us. That's what rules teach us. The Holy Spirit is the one empowering you to live a life that honors God. Three, walking in the Spirit looks a certain way. See, the fruit of the Spirit doesn't change with time, with personality, or culture. A person led by the Spirit, whoever they are, wherever they are, whenever they are, will always demonstrate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And now, fourth, walking, in the, walking with the Spirit requires one actual choice at a time. One choice at a time. You see, the Spirit empowers us, but we still have to make choices every day. The Holy Spirit doesn't just take over our will. See, you still have to make the choice one day at a time, one step at a time to make choices that honor God and walk with the Spirit. So remember, belonging to Christ sets you free, but walking in the Spirit keeps you free. So church, let's walk in the Spirit together, starting with today.